You're listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. First, before we get started, make sure to subscribe to us from wherever you get your podcasts. Both your subscription and your feedback help us out a lot. This is episode 77 of Range Minded, where we talk about buying, selling, and trading firearms, whether through a dealer, the internet, and all the other legal means of firearms transactions. Thanks for listening, and as always, we hope you enjoy episode 77 of Range Minded, the ins and outs of buying and selling firearms. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from yes. Independence Indoor Shooting. Yes, yes, it is. And if you uh, hear the difference, Steve and I are right across from each other. Which doesn't happen often not, enough. Not often enough by any means. And we're actually recording in the Independence Indoor Shooting gunsmith office shop. But we're not doing a gunsmith show. We're just commandeering his space we just have no other space to record which is a good thing but there's classes everywhere tonight yeah yeah there's an rso class going on there's a medical class going on a lot going on um and i have a bundaberg in my hand so i don't i'm pretty sure we've talked about this before like i'm a bundaberg freak you are a big fan and uh I mean, Bundaberg life, yo. <laughs> Hashtag. So I brought one for Mark to try. So this is... Yes, like, and thank you very much. So I decided, why don't we just record his reaction? A live at, review. As of, he drinks it. Of what this is. And not that that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, but I just love Bundy's. Yeah, well, let's give it a whirl. So I'm going to open mine too. Tell me a little bit about like where this came from and how you got hooked on it. All right, so I spent some time in Australia about 20 years ago. That's crazy to believe. Wow. So... Uh, I'm, I'm a freak now because I like Vegemite. Right. Um, and I love Bundaberg. So Bundaberg ginger beer, the ginger beer we get in the States just absolutely blows. Like it, it just <laughs> sucks. I've, sure. I haven't had one that tastes good. Okay. Um, so when I found these at World Market. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Did I? You lit up. Yes. That's it, great. It was a good day. And now I buy a lot at World Market, which they're probably <laughs> even cheaper somewhere else. Sure. But it's, it's a, an Australian product. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even, it says Australian uh, family owned right family here. Family owned. And they do actually make alcohol. Like, it's not a small brewery. They oh, actually okay. make, make adult beverages. If sure, you sure. But this is non-alcoholic. This is a non-alcoholic beverage, yeah. And it's made with, as it might imply, real ginger. There's actually ginger root yeah. floating around inside there. It's really cloudy. It's not like a soda pop. Yeah, it is. You can't even see through it like you would be like a Sprite or a yeah. clear pop or whatever. Because it's a lot of ginger beer I think you can see yeah. through. And I think it's because it's a synthetic flavor where this is legit. Yeah, this is like got six ingredients on it. So you know it's real deal. Yeah, and it is so good. Yeah. A little bit of sugar, too. I don't care if it's got <laughs> sugar in it. Why do you think I'm fat? Because <laughs> you have one of these all the time. I have one literally every podcast. Well, there you go. You can't stop now. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure I've taken a picture of the shelf that I stick the bottles on. Oh, yeah. And I'll take another one. Please do. you got to bring this one back with you, too. Oh, yeah. So, well, and the, the other thing is there's a strange pull top. It's not like your average, like, bottle. And if you think about it, like, I'm older than you. If If... Some of our older listeners might remember the old school pull tab cans. Oh, I've yep, never seen one. <laughs> You're so young. Never seen one. Uh, it's kind of like that. Okay. And this is the way a lot of bottles are in Australia. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, I mean, they still have kind of the old twist tops like, like you might think in the Coca-Cola right, bottles. Right, right, right. But there's a lot like this over there. Yeah. So uh, how do you even open this? You said you can't. You have to roll it okay. around first. So the secret is is that because you got to suspend the ginger in the fluid. So okay. you just kind of You don't shake it because it is a little carbonated. carbonated. But not much. So you just kind of roll it around. Yeah. Get the, the bits and pieces <laughs> flowing around. Gotcha. Okay. And as I do this, I drool. It's like sure. Pavlov's dog, you know? Me too, a little bit now. I'm starting to, yeah, feel it. And so once it's there, you just 
It's bottle. not going to spray all over the electronics, is it? Uh, we'll find out, won't we? Oof. Pull out. Ooh. Yeah, oh, just okay. pull forward. Pull oh. out, then up. Oh, yep. that's easy. Yep. thought it was going to be a lot more dramatic than that. No, no. I actually have shaken one of these up because I'm stupid sometimes. <laughs> oh. There you go. Well, cheers. Yeah. Bottoms this is up. great. Here we go. You got to savor it. You don't just chug it. <laughs> Oh wow! It is so good. That's great, and the a little carbonation, a lot of a good sweet, and because the ginger, the ginger in there, really cuts the sweet down too. It's got a burn to it, and that's what I like. It. Yeah, it's kind of like eating sushi. You know how they give you the ginger to clean your palate? Oh sure. This is amazing with pizza. Oh wow! Like oh nice. Yeah, Bundaberg. Yeah, it's the bomb. accepting sponsorships now from Bundaberg in well, Australia. I hashtag a lot. I'm surprised they haven't got a hold of me yet. Especially some Yankee talking about <laughs> talking guns, about their own guns and ginger beer. Yeah, just the Idaho way. That's right. That's quite good. And so. I hope they're jealous because we actually get to play with guns. We sure do. And that's what we're talking about today. Despite the last five minutes, <laughs> if you've made it this far. So hopefully that wasn't too in the weeds. Yeah, not at all. But uh, we're going to be talking about. I can't. I don't think we've talked about this really before. Mm-hmm. I think we've we maybe touched on it I a think, little bit. I think we've talked about it a little bit like a long time ago. Yeah, but we're going to talk about buying guns, trading guns, selling guns, mm-hmm. just kind of a general overview because we haven't really done it. We've done a buying your first gun, when um, um, you know doing. We've done. We haven't done selling guns. Mm, no, I don't. Maybe not. Well, we can still talk about it. Yeah, way. yeah. We're going to cover it. We might have covered it already, but especially because we, uh, we were looking at some of the, the consignments and stuff <laughs> in the store. Yeah. And I, I think there's some people who are uninformed. And I got to be careful because I don't know if they listen, but <laughs> there may be some firearms on consignment that the owners are a little ambitious. Could be. But hey, you know what? It's their, their, their guns, their time. That's, that's true. I mean, Maybe they're just waiting for the right saying? buyer. And honestly, I've taken guns on consignment here at the store where, you know, I'll say, hey, uh, you're not, look, here's gun broker. Look what they're selling for. And they're adamant that that's the price they want. So I'll list it. And I'll say, hey, it's probably not going to move. Right. I'll just be honest. And it'll just hang out here. Yeah. So, well, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe consignment's a way just to get it out of the house. Be like, well, it's mm-hmm. not it's not here anymore. And then go to your wife or significant other and say, oh, well, it didn't sell. So I got to keep it. Sorry. And I'm not going to lie on the dealer standpoint. I hate consignments. I absolutely, it's a waste of time <laughs> as on the dealer standpoint. Interesting. It's taking up space that I could be putting other guns. Right. Out. And you're not making a ton of money. And I'm not making a lot of money on it. Yeah. And it's more headache because I have to do honestly a little bit more paperwork, taking the gun in. Oh, sure. Selling it's the same, but then I got to get a hold of the the guy that had it on consignment is right. a little bit more of a headache than it's worth, I think. Well, uh, well, we'll get. To, I think we'll get to consignments then once yeah. we get to selling. Yeah, we'll get there. But we'll get there. <laughs> it's already got opinions. Yeah, I'm full of them. That's okay. I? But um, so let's start with um, just buy, like how to how to buy your a gun. Doesn't have to be your first gun. It can be any gun. Um, there are more than more than one way to to buy a gun for sure. I think I think it's important right now to preface that yes, you can buy a gun from an individual that is not against the law correct um it's completely legal in fact honestly there's i I couldn't cite the law but there's provisions in federal law that it's none of the government's business who owns what really unless they're a felon obviously right the government cannot take a record and keep a record of who has what Right, and that's what a lot of people think of as that loophole, mm-hmm. the, the gun show the loophole. The gun show loophole that does not exist. Right. But when it comes to private party, absolutely, you can buy, buy private party. And I'm trying to think, honestly, I don't think I've ever bought 
private party sale? I haven't. I've sold one private party. Um, and we'll get to that with selling or whatever, but, and yeah. also let's uh, COA that we're talking about legal purchasing and legal selling of firearms. Yes. Obviously there's a lot of illegal ways to do it. Yeah. But. And, and it's also, I guess, another important thing we can throw in here is when it comes to restricted persons, that's, uh, that still applies. Like, sure. You can buy a gun if you're a felon, but you just committed another felony. You just enhanced the, the crime you just committed because a, you're a felony and now there's a weapons charge involved. And so, I mean, it's... You're up a creek. Yeah. So, so we're definitely not endorsing felons no, buying guns. Not by any means. So, but let's start with buying because that's the more fun part, I would yes. say. Um, obviously, the most... I easy, hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> the easiest way is to go into a gun shop, mm-hmm. look and, around, find a gun. And, and, and honestly, that's my favorite way to buy a gun anyways. I'm sure. Not, and there's pros and cons to all the different ways to buy Because an individual, guns. you know, there's just one gun to look at when you're buying. Right. And that's it. But mm-hmm. when I go into a gun show, which I haven't been to a fantastic gun show in years, now there's just junk, in my opinion, there. Right, and beef jerky. <laughs> and books, and, <laughs> and like bottle caps. Yeah. But uh, but going to the dealer and looking, I, I like here, when I got here tonight, first thing I did? Start looking around. Use counter. Yep. First place I go to. That's why time. I got here early. <laughs> and uh, because there still can be good deals found at dealers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... And some dealers get that, and they'll use it as kind of like a loss lead or something that they're willing to draw people in because then you can upsell more yeah. product, and there you're getting your margins, meaning more profit when you sell merchandise instead of firearms. Yeah, because you can get you know cases or magazines or ammo to go with or whatever or shooting. And a, and a good salesman will upsell you. Oh, yeah. So be prepared to, for that if you go into a shop. Yeah, and that's going to be any shop, and it's going to be it's going to depend on whether it's a bigger shop or a smaller, maybe a mom and pop or mm-hmm. whatever, but um, you're always going to get upsold. Yeah. And and in my experience, the mom and pop shops, mom and pop shops tend to have better deals. I would say so. I go to some of the big, big box stores that are in multi-states and have various names some of them start with s maybe a c in there as well or they come to, yeah or there there's multiple <laughs> yeah multiple locations in a city multiple kind of yeah um they tend to be overpriced because they have greater overhead to cover yeah they've got more people to pay they've got more square footage that they're mm-hmm. renting or paying for or whatever yeah, so their burden costs are higher the guns are always going to be more expensive i don't think i've ever seen a gun at any of those big box stores that are cheaper than a locally owned or a mom and pop and some shop some of them are ridiculously overpriced the sad thing is is somebody's going to pay it Oh, yeah, because I don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's the first thing is to kind of price shop. You know, there's a lot of websites you can look at um, to see, you know, because there's a whole big difference between new and used, too. Yeah. And and I think we've talked about this, too. Dealers, at least we do here at the shop, we re- rely a lot on gun broker. Mm-hmm. Because that's a pretty fair assessment of the market value, what's going on. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's an auction site, and sometimes things go astronomical. But for the most part, there's, you know, the buy it now options or whatever. If you guys haven't been on GunBroker. It's like the eBay for guns, basically. Yeah, and it doesn't ship to your house. So nope. <laughs> internet gun sales, well, that's a whole we'll other show. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, but it's a good base value of what's, what, what's going on in the market. Yeah. And so we base a lot of our used guns purchases off that. And, and then obviously, hopefully a trained ICs if there's problems or whatever. But as a buyer, you can use that same option and it kind of gives you an idea if you understand margins profit margins 
then you have a little bit of negotiating power just when you a go little into bit the store and that's one other thing too that's kind of a not a, it's an open secret i guess is that the mar- profit margins on firearms are very very small super slim and here's a dirty little secret usually dealers profit margins are higher on the used stuff than the new stuff usually well because you have money into it and you got to make yeah. money on it and it's taking up space yep and so there's a, that's why i usually flock to the used stuff because I, I have a better chance of getting what I feel is a good deal. Yeah. And there's just going to be more variety. Yeah. You know, obviously in, in, let's say your garden variety gun shop, you're going to have your new Glocks, your new mm-hmm. Springfields, your new SIGs, all that kind of stuff. Right. Stuff you've seen online all the time, but you go to a used counter or a part, you know, which is usually part of a shop. You're going to see like there's a Smith and Wesson 4006 out there. Yeah. Um, there's a, a bunch of older revolvers, a lot of stuff that maybe you kind of like, but there's a Jericho 941 in there. Yeah. Granted it's in 40, but still. Eh, it's not a completely dead caliber. It's but- still there <laughs> yeah. um, but you just you're going to see things that maybe you, you wouldn't see in the new counters and and you know what that we talked about 40 and that just made me think of something right off the bat so the market is getting flooded with 40 cal a bunch it's flooded if you see if you subscribe to any like online like sites like aim surplus or gun dot deals or whatever mm-hmm. you'll see all these police trade-ins yeah and they're all 40 caliber and i don't mind 40 my first first or second handgun was in 40 and i still have that gun and i like that gun it actually shoots quite well it's a, sure. an old an old springfield um so that being said if you don't mind recoil or if you don't mind spending a little bit of money modifying a 40 you can turn it convert you, it into a nine and nine yeah so you might get a smoking deal like i have a glock 35 for example uh-huh. and if i wanted to spend the money on a on a barrel you know a couple hundred bucks i could have a nine mil right in in a full long frame, long yeah, slide. So. Especially if it's maybe something that's harder to get a hold of or yeah. usually more expensive, you might be able to, to work it out to where you can convert it to a nine. Yeah. And, and I don't mind shooting 40. It's a little bit more money, but the recoil, it is a little bit more. Yeah. Just depends. It's personal preference, yeah. really. But if you're looking for a bargain or a truck gun or honestly a, a woods gun, 40 is, is going to do okay. Sure. Um, maybe not against it you know 1200 pound grizzly a bear yeah <laughs> but there's also stories of people taking out bears with nine mil right it's better than nothing it is way better than a pocket knife and a can of buck, a bear spray that's so. true so uh that's something to look for too but um you know maybe if you're in the market for a new gun obviously you can come into a shop and and get your hands on it and feel it and, and yeah. even rent them and that's a big thing too uh that i think is a pro as opposed to online you can't really yeah. handle a gun or even shoot a gun online well it's not like amazon so i love amazon i buy a <laughs> lot of crap too much crap on amazon sure but what do people do like if you're buying a pair of shoes what are you going to do first check the reviews okay then then what <laughs> and then like find my size okay but how do you know that size is gonna fit because i have other shoes but do you know if they're all size the same no are you saying you order multiple shot multiple no. sizes i go to the shoe store and try on the shoe oh. size of that brand and then i just ordered on amazon and save two dollars in free shipping <laughs> right after i spent all that gas money driving around town trying right to find it makes perfect sense completely obvious right yeah but I think a lot of people are that way too. When it comes to, to guns, other merchandise, they, sure. they try it on, or they and then they jump to online to do that. You're right. So firearms, you can't, you don't have that opportunity, which, right? Which makes ranges like Independence um, so valuable for the firearm consumer because holding a gun 
well, listen, looking at a gun is different than holding a gun. Right. Holding a gun is drastically different than shooting a gun. Right. Um, like the LCP, for example. <laughs> Fantastic gun. Like, it's small. Right. And I really do believe it's a good but gun. But it shoots, it's reliable, it's you know reasonably accurate, and you can conceal but it, it anywhere. But it sucks to shoot. Yeah, it's not comfortable. Yeah, and, and I've talked to people when I worked in another range. Like, that was his range gun. Like, really? it was his carry gun, and that's what, you know, I admire that because he would shoot once a week with that gun yeah. religiously. So he was probably pretty good with it. And he didn't mind the recoil. Right. And he was a big guy. Like, he was taller than me. Not that mm-hmm. I'm tall, but he, you know, he yeah. was a bigger guy than I was. Yeah. So putting that gun in his hand, which was super tiny, it, it all depends. So I guess what I'm boiling down to is not all guns fit everybody. There's right. not one gun for everybody. Well, so. and another example of that is, so when I first got into gun stuff, I really, really wanted to like HK. Like, mm-hmm. I just, man, those look really nice. They look really but sharp. But you bought They're a Walther, which is basically the same thing. Well, but see, the thing is, the HK doesn't fit my hand as well, and it's not as comfortable. To me, they feel exactly the same. Nope. See, but to me, it's different. The HK feels more boxy. It doesn't feel as smooth and as round as a Walther does. And really? it just Yeah, and... You know the the you know trigger guard safeties, notwithstanding, and the mag release is different. Yeah, or the I'm sorry, the the trigger guard mag release or whatever, it, paddle mag release. Jeez, why can't I think of that? Um, Which is anyway, that's a different show. It's yeah, but, but I just it doesn't feel yeah. right in my hand, and it's just some, I can't even explain what it is, and I want to like HKs, but I just don't. I can't can't do it. And and both guns are, or both manufacturers are fabulous manufacturers. Yeah, top of the line. And you would think by logic, by the shoe logic, <laughs> I'd be the same. I'll just get a full size sure. instead of the compact and it'll be just fine. No, it won't yep. be because it feels different in your Well, hand. and then you bring up a good point too with the sizes. You know, let's say a Glock 19 as opposed to a 17. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got really big hands. Maybe they won't like shooting a 19 near as much as a 17 or other way around. And honestly, we have a customer here that can't shoot Glocks. He's a mountain of a man. Like, <laughs> this dude is not fat. He's just a mountain of a man. He's like a fridge. And he can't shoot a Glock 17 because his finger doesn't fit inside the trigger guard. Seriously. He, like I said, he is a mountain of a man. <laughs> so he shoots CZs. And I actually, I think he's one of our listeners. So Oh, cool. What's up, Red? Hope you're, hope you're listening. Shout out to Red, yeah. But, yeah, it's he has to shoot. A, and, and CZ's a fantastic gun. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. But... It's because there's more room in the trigger guard compared to some other of the polymer guns. Sure, and that's something that just they wouldn't even think of that it boils down to. So something definitely to consider. Um, and the other thing, you know, a lot of people think that you might get a better deal online, and sometimes that's true. Some cases. However, yeah. by the time, let's say a gun's four hundred bucks, mm-hmm. just as a nice round number. Well, you gotta, you cannot get it shipped to your house. You have to get it shipped to a dealer of your choice, an FFL dealer or an FFL license holder, which is something like Independence or whatever. Right. You got to pay for shipping, and it's usually like second day shipping or next day shipping or whatever because of the rules that you have to ship firearms. Well, yeah. So handguns has to be have to be shipped within two business days, but rifles don't have to be. Okay. Yeah. Not only that, once you get the gun shipped, unless you have a really good relationship with your dealer. There's gonna, a transfer you're fee. You're going to get charged a transfer fee, which um, they can go anywhere from, in a free country, in a free state, <laughs> there about, we go. about 20 bucks, where as some states, it could be $50 or over. Oh, $100 even, I think. Yeah. I remember hearing somewhere in California was like 75 or $100. Of course. So luckily, I think- Transfer any, fees cause cancer in California. <laughs> Prop 65. <laughs> uh, but even, I mean, thankfully, like in Illinois, I think it wasn't too bad. I think it was 25 or 30 bucks or whatever, but, you know, and it, you- this may be like an intangible or whatever, but I've noticed that most 
shops don't really like to do transfers. I think the smart ones don't mind it, but you can tell that they really don't. Well, I'll be honest. We thought about not doing them here, and I, really? and I was like, what are you guys thinking? <laughs> um, sure, we may not get the money from the purchase. But you get the money from the transfer fee. But it's not even that. It's getting people inside the store. There's also that. There's, there's a value to it because why? If you train your staff and upsell... Because you're going to need extra mags or a holster absolutely. or a case or whatever. So there's more to think about than, than just not wanting to do transfers. Long-term thinking. There we are, Steve. Smart man over here. I try. So, um, but yeah, I mean, online, let's say you're going to buy, buy a Glock 19 or whatever. Maybe you save 50 bucks, 75 bucks as, you know, on a new, new to new, apples to apples. Yeah. By the time the shipping's done and the transfer fee's done or whatever, you're going to be pretty much out the same money. Or maybe a little bit more. Or maybe a little bit more. And the other thing, in addition to having somebody come in on the store, but on the flip side of that, you can have a start a relationship with your gun shop, your local shop. Mm-hmm. And then they might be, you know, they see you in there more regularly. Or if you buy more stuff from yeah. them, they might be able to cut you a deal a little bit. Yeah. And, and I think, at least in my experience of working in shops... W- and maybe because I had, I was in an area of an authority sure. where I wouldn't mind like, you know, yeah, you know what? Not today. Don't worry about it. We won't charge you transfer today. Really? Because it's, it's just, it brings them back yeah. and it forms a good relationship. Yeah. It's all reciprocal too. So sure. remember if we treat customers good, customers bring their money to us and their friends. Yeah. And that's also being a good steward of the second amendment oh, because boy. then they're going to bring friends maybe who haven't shot before. Or it's a friendly place to go. So, and hopefully my comments don't make it sound like we're all about the money. No, but we even when we had Jared in the owner, I mean, it, it's a business. Yeah. I mean, we got to make money. We got to pay the bills. Right. And, and if customers don't come in to see us then we're going to shut down, and what's the point? Yeah. yeah. So that's basically the main way of buying a firearm. We touched on online too. Mm-hmm. Um, another place I would go to is gunwatcher.com. And I've never been on there. That's uh, so it's a pretty cool website. It, you type in what you're looking for, let's say like a Walther PBQ mm-hmm. and it'll bring up not only auctions, but it'll also bring up, does it show um, pictures of, of dumpsters? No, because Walthers are fantastic oh, guns. Okay. If you go, if you, if you try <laughs> Glock on there, maybe, it Maybe. shows pictures of Tupperware. <laughs> Tactical Tupperware. Tactical Tupperware. But um, it'll bring up listings with that particular gun of auctions of different websites mm-hmm. throughout most of the internet. And you can kind of see, again, what your price is, you sure. know, or if there's good deals or anything like that. Um, you know, and if you find a good deal online, then you might be able to to price match or something too. So yeah. it's definitely good to do your research. And there, there are a lot of good, reputable online dealers not just gun broker like you're saying sure even guns america have a pretty good um you know place to purchase yeah um and for some of the older stuff oh now i forgot the name of it i think it's deary's guns or oh there's a lot of people are you really at that's <laughs> anyway they they sell a lot of they'll, they'll purchase old firearms sure and then they sell them with a hundred percent warranty oh wow which that's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, and that's the thing. If you're looking for something old or uh, uncommon or weird or whatever, then you're probably going to have to go online. You're going to have to go to Gun Broker or go to another website to or, find it. Or if you can find a good solid gun show. Now, there's uh, well, unless you don't want to talk about gun shows. Let's yet. talk about gun shows. Well, yeah, we'll move along to gun shows because so, that's another way to buy a gun. Yeah, and straight up, first off, <laughs> you know where exactly where I'm going. Yeah, there's no such thing as a gun show loophole. Every licensed dealer has to perform a background check unless you have a concealed carry permit in the state respective that's already shown that you've passed a background check. There's no such thing as a gun, ho- gun show loophole. Right. Nothing. And it's in the best interest of everybody to not try to sell guns yeah. under the table. Oh, man. We could have... It'd be awesome to get somebody from the ATF in and talk about that. That I, would be great. I doubt that'll happen. <laughs> um, 
the guys here in Boise are actually pretty damn cool. Like, right, awesome. right. But I don't think it would be in their interest to to want to be on a podcast. Nonetheless, let us know on all the secrets. Nonetheless, gun shows. Like I said, when I was a kid, gun shows used to be awesome. I used to go with my brother sure. to the gun show in Salt Lake. Oh, like that had to have been huge. The crossroads in the Salt Palace. And if you guys understand Salt Lake or been down there, the Salt Palace is where the jazz used to play. Oh wow. Okay. So a huge convention center, and it was amazing. Like tons of great firearms no trinkets and garbage but you'd have firearms and parts and a lot of stuff that's really eclectic that's hard to get right and it seems like now and i don't know if it's just the old boys don't want to empty their safe or whatever but and that makes me think of something else we'll get to that in a minute yeah um there are still some good gun shows and if you're looking for cowboy stuff and if you don't mind driving you hit the hit the one in Bozeman, Montana. Oh yeah, it's a bit of a drive, but you can make a weekend out of if it. If you're looking for something kind of old uh, old school cowboy type stuff, they don't really do a lot of black guns. Yeah, Bozeman's where to go. And why? Right and if if you're going on the way to Bozeman, <laughs> uh, there's an awesome gun store in Virginia City, which, or yeah, just outside of Virginia City, that is the bomb. See, but that's that's the stuff that you get when you're when you're not online and you're plugged into your kind of area and community and yeah. stuff. When you do some exploring and digging and stuff, you can find some cool stuff. Yeah, so. and there are deals to be had at gun shows. Oh, sure. But then if you're dealing with a private individual, then you got to kind of work because they're gonna, you know, their stuff's gold. All so, of it. So you kind of got to work with work with them, do some wheeling and dealing. But there's stuff to be found. Yeah. Um, what I was thinking about is you know i talked about kind of the old boys Mm -hmm. those old boys are dying off yeah sad but true and so there's a lot of kids that don't care about what collector stuff grandpa had or they just don't like guns or they don't like guns that's actually i had an opportunity that i blew on that very thing i I could have ended up with a multi-thousand dollar fire collection yeah well just one gun oh really that i totally missed the ball on i I could have paid the guy Probably seventy-five bucks cash for a wow ten thousand dollar rifle. I should have done it anyway. <laughs> twenty twenty, right? Sure. So we think about it. If you're into old collector firearms, mm-hmm. there's probably going to be an increasing surplus at some point because those old boys are are dying off. Right. Um, I know if if my grandpa had collected firearms. I probably wouldn't sell any of them. No, I wouldn't either. I've got a, my dad's got a couple of my grandfather's yeah. guns and those aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Even just the sentimental value. But it's going to happen. So if you're into the old stuff and if you don't, don't mind spending some money because that stuff has really gone up in value a lot. Oh, for sure. Um, for example, the Colt Python. Thousands of dollars for that firearm. 15 years ago, you could have found one for six, 800 bucks. Now you're gonna same quality again. You're gonna be spending three two, times two, that three, much. four thousand dollars. Yep. But that's just the way of the world. You know, yeah. it's like any other kind of hobby or uh, or collector kind of item. Yeah. Um, another good place that just reminded me of that is auctions, auction sites. Oh, yeah. I was gonna bring that up too. And pawn shops. Obviously, pawn shops are kind of like a dealer I, thing or I whatever. Str- you're I not struggle gonna f- with pawn shops. Yeah, you're not gonna f- may necessarily find much good stuff there, but auction sites could be quite good. Well, my buddy years ago came over here for something yeah and he found an 03 springfield oh, really three that was an issued gun wow that some kid must have needed some drug money or something <laughs> it was his grandpa's gun wow and my buddy grant picked it up for a smoking deal yeah that is one of the best firearms i've ever shot i believe it that's um, crazy he ended up selling it and making a profit off of it oh sure. I mean, he had it for a while yeah but 
there is some gun or uh, pawn shops you can find a deal but you got to be willing to barter never pay sticker price at a pawn shop yeah yeah and that's that's another good point too is that don't ever be afraid to kind of wheel and deal a little bit you know whether you're at a show or a gun shop or whatever you can usually get the vibe trust your gut and 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 see if they can do anything about it but and pawn shops are notorious for paying pennies on the dollar for a product oh for sure for anything so you know they're gonna be making 40 50 maybe even 80 percent yeah 80 percent on a gun so don't be scared to bargain with them or dicker with them and don't be scared to walk away yeah that's the other thing is you know thankfully guns are not um in short supply in america and so (laughs) you'll be able to find another deal another deal will come up you know the the gun will come up again you might have to wait yeah, that's one of the big things, especially if you're looking for something specific. So, like the um, the Walther P1 that I bought, like mm-hmm. I had been, I'd wanted one for years, you know. But I was just like, oh, I'll get one whenever. And the reason that I got I got one when I did is because the prices kept going up slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And you see that trend over a year or two, and it's going to keep happening. You know, I was patient and saved up some money for it, but I was like, okay, I better do it now. Yeah, you know, but that's a different story than like a Glock 19 or whatever, or, you know, a very, very common firearm. And they're not going to really gain in value because of the mass production of it. There's just so many of them. Unless there's some crazy ban or something that happens. And obviously stuff's going to come up in price. Um, my first gun, for example, is, is an SKS. Yep. And at the time that that was gifted to me, they were like 80 bucks, 90 bucks. Yeah. And now I know I could sell that same rifle for 600 bucks. <laughs> I know I could. Yeah. Um, my Nagan, we were talking about. Uh, yeah, that's what brought it up. Nagans. Yeah. Um, I bought my Nagan from a sporting goods store in Idaho Falls for $89. Yeah. That was cash my, in hand. That was my first firearm was a, a 1939 Mosin Nagan. Still have it. Um, 110, I think, out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're two, three, 400 bucks. And obviously that has to do with import. Yeah, that too. The scarcity um, of them. Yeah, so that's that's going to change too. So if if you're looking for um, a European or, or Comblock gun, you're going to be spending a little bit more money on them now. Yeah. Unless something happens where we can open up the the floodgates again from you know from Europe. Yeah, but that's what also pays to you know to do your research and see where these things are coming from and you know just how rare or uh, scarce something might be. But usually, yeah, run of the mill firearm you can usually wait for pretty good deals. Yeah, and and when it comes to that kind of stuff, you really got to pay attention to what you're buying. So like if I was looking for an SKS now, yeah, um, I, something I learned recently is a lot of times they're like force matching numbers. So they'll go in with an electric pen and like scratch in a serial number really to make it look matching. Wow. And I don't think that's what the importer's doing, but nonetheless, like there's stuff that happens or yeah. especially comblock guns, you need to be looking at the bores. Um, because corrosive ammo was a big thing. So, you know, if they didn't take care of their gun previous, you could just be pine a, a lump of turd that's not even worth shooting anymore. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, that you know, it can be a problem with buying online too, is yeah. that if you're buying an older gun or a comp block gun or a surplus or whatever, you don't really get to inspect it and you yeah. don't get to take your pick. They just take whichever one is next out of the crate, box it up and ship it to you. And probably one way to fight that particular thing, especially if you're on gun brokers, you yeah. can look at the the history of the seller. 
him. Yeah, that too. But that, and that's a gun broker thing. Yeah. But if you're buying it off of a, any kind of website or whatever, you it's might not necessarily say. know unless yeah, it's might, like a big name. You might get stuffed. But some of that stuff too, there's a lot of parts available. So if you don't care if the numbers aren't matching anymore, you can you should be able to put it together for not terribly amount of money. Yeah, and my opinion on that is if you're if you're a collector and you're actually like collecting these things for the historical value and not shooting them, then obviously the numbers matter a lot more. But yeah. if you want to go ahead and shoot it, like I wouldn't worry as much about matching numbers and all that. I would just worry about whether or not it actually functions properly or yeah. not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't tell you how many times people have brought guns in here. Mm-hmm. Stuff that they've bought or even stuff that they've inherited. And they'll come in, and, and and I've seen it a few times with, like, um, Damascus barrel shotguns. Oh, yeah. They'll come in, and they're like, right, I just got this gun. You know, I paid whatever, X amount, 100 bucks for it. Yeah. And then, you know, Jeff will go through it because they're worried about it, and it's unshootable. Completely unshootable. Really? There's, you know, the barrel could be super thin from corrosion, or honestly, Damastic, Damascus steel barrels from the older guns. Sure. They can't really handle the pressure of the new ammunition. Oh, wow. And so you just got a grenade in your hand instead. Right. You could have, yeah, you could blow up in your face. Which would be a bad day. That'd be a terrible day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's private party um, gun buying, too, which you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be able to get a better deal on that. You might be able to trade something, um, yeah. you know, get a little bit more wheeling and dealing or whatever. Um, you know, but there are some cons to it. Um, you know, it's what you see is what you get usually. And there's... Usually, it's already agreed upon for the most part. Yeah, I would and this, say. And this is where the politics really play. Like they're they're worried about guns getting into the wrong hands, and I can totally and, and I absolutely get that. Um, as a seller, like if I was selling a gun privately, yeah, I would only sell it to somebody that had a concealed weapons permit. Same, and that's what I did. And so, um, maybe as a buyer. If, if you're looking for a deal, uh, like Z Idaho, for example, here yeah. in Idaho, um, be prepared because that might be something that they expect. Yeah, prerequisite. So um, that's one of the, another good thing to bring up is if you're a concealed weapons holder or a CCW permit, you're going to be able to get your gun a lot faster from a dealer or, yeah. uh, or from a private party. Yep, it saves time. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about waiting or uh, mm-hmm. mandatory waiting periods well, or some, whatever. Like you say, some states have that mandatory period no matter right. what. Like if even if you had a, a concealed weapons permit, let's just say California, even though there's not a ton of them floating around over there, right. there's still a mandatory waiting. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a positive to having that, and especially if you're um, buying a gun private party because then that relieves the kind of – uh, onus on the seller, whether or yeah. not you're a prohibited person. Cause if you have a concealed weapons permit, clearly you're not. Yeah. Um, so, and, but and I really hate the idea of universal background checks and we've talked about this yeah. before. I don't need to get into it, but, um, I think it's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So it may sound like a warm and fuzzy feeling. And honestly you can, you know, and I've done that before as well. Just if you're worried about the guy or gal mm-hmm. buying the gun, just come into the store and we'll run a background check. I think that's something that like hardly anybody knows that people should be like shouting from the rooftops yeah. is that, you know, you can sell a gun like person to person, private party, yeah. kind of almost wherever you want, as long as it's not a gun free zone or yeah. whatever. So you can do a transfer 
in a at a police station parking lot. Yeah. Uh, a, just a, let them know. Let them know what's let going them know on. Let them know what's yeah. going on. When you but show you know, up. if you're if you're concerned about it, um, or come into a gun store, you know, maybe you have that relationship with your with your gun shop, and they'll be able yeah. to run a background check for you. And, and honestly, I not to talk bad on these guys here. I don't know if they understand the process. It is a little bit more involved. Sometimes we have to take the gun in and put it in our books just right. to show there was a transfer because but it was there because the ATF will want to know why did you do a background check on this gun that's never mm-hmm. been in your books so yeah. there's a little finagling that may have to take place where we take in the gun and then dispose of the gun but it's, it can be done and there's an there's an option on the 4473 for that yeah so it's just know that, that that tool is in your tool belt although I will say jumping ahead a little bit if you are nervous about selling a gun to somebody don't probably shouldn't be selling a gun to that person yeah as dealers we do that. Yeah. You can refuse uh, to sell a gun to anybody for pretty much any reason. Yeah. So even if they pass a background check. Mm-hmm. So that kind of covers buying, I think. We, we talked about online and gun shows and I dealers. Can't think of anything. Online. Gun show loophole is not a real thing. Nope. It's a farce. So. And, and online buying. Like, I think we said that already. You can't ship it to your house. Right. It doesn't. That does not exist. There's only one way that you can do that. Well, there's. One way for the average Joe to be able to do that, and that's to get your CNR license. Yeah. A curio well, and relic get, license. And you can get an FFL, and we could talk about that in a different show, sure. the process of getting an FFL. You can do it. The ATF doesn't really like dealing with that, um, but it's not impossible for, like you're saying, get your, your curio and relics license. Or, yep. Or if and that's only do, for a certain classification of yeah. firearms that you can, you can have delivered right to your house, yeah. but then you're also having a license from the ATF. Yeah. So you're a, you're a other, licensed individual, federally yeah, licensed. It's a whole other ball game. And the other thing is, too, is if, if you have a gun that needs fixed, mm-hmm. well, while we're on the topic of shipping a gun to yeah. your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a firearm that's under warranty or the manufacturer's willing to warranty it for some reason, yeah, you can ship that gun as an individual. You don't have to go to a dealer. And it can ship right back to your house. Yep. Um, actually, that's what happened with my Walther PPS when it had that uh, trigger guard or uh, trigger issue. I can't remember what exactly it was, um, but it got recalled. And so I actually used the privilege of working at a gun shop and had Sarah ship it off for me because I didn't <laughs> want to bring it into a FedEx. Um, but you can. I mean, as long as it's yeah, boxed it's up and impossible. ready to go. Um and usually with a recall, you know, the manufacturer pays for shipping both ways. So you're not out of money in, in any way. Um, and they will ship it right back to your house. It's fully legal to do that, too. So uh, make sure you don't ignore those recalls just because you're worried about shipping it or breaking yeah. a law or anything like that. You know, it's more important to have a safe gun. And that that being said, there there is a firearm out there. Maybe some of you guys have the old school, um, the Ruger three screw, just a 22. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Ruger made a mistake when they recalled that. And then, because you can have a new new cylinder fit. Like, for example, there's the old school one that runs the, the Magnum or the 22 sure. long rifle. Well, there was a while ago, they said, hey, send it in. There's a safety recall. Yeah. And they were putting a new crossbar safety in them and, and really kind of screwing up the gun. Oh, wow. And uh, in my opinion, I know they're making it safer, but they never seemed to function as good as they did in the, in the beginning. So that's up to you. Like, sure. If you don't want to do that, that's totally cool. But if you're worried about shipping, you really shouldn't be. Yeah. No, it's it's not as big of a nightmare as what you might think it is if you haven't done it before. Yeah. And I think I would say, you, you know, go into a gun shop and ask just how to do it, too, if you need to get walked yeah. through it. I don't know. Can't guarantee that they'll ship something for you, but. No. Well, they may. They may. Um, but that comes with 
Whoa, excuse me. Ginger beer bird. The Bundaberg's hitting. Uh, it comes down to the relationship of you and your firearms dealer. Yep. And if you've been buying guns and ammo and accessories from them, then you do have that good relationship. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, I think that about covers the buying part of it. So okay. moving on to selling. Um, basically, this, as many ways as you can buy a gun, you can sell a gun yeah. as well. Um, you know, I think the best way to start would be you can sell a gun to a dealer. You know, or come into a shop and yeah. sell a gun or put it on consignment. And and be wary, like, or at least understanding, if you're going to a dealer to sell a gun or maybe trade in for something else, you're not going to get full market value for that gun. You sure aren't. And it's like sh- selling a, uh, trading in a car yeah. or selling a car to a dealer as opposed to private party selling. And, and are there, there dealers that maybe want to try and take advantage of you? Sure, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Right. But we as dealers need to be able to make money. That's part You've got to make deal. a profit on it. Um, and sometimes, like we already pointed out, sometimes that profit really isn't all that much. No, I mean, it could be 5%. Yeah. Um, you know, but you're going to get some money and you're going to get cash right now and yeah. you're not going to get a hassle. Yeah. That's pretty much the main positive about selling to a dealer yeah. is that it's convenient and it's easy and it's fast and it's secure. You know you're selling it to a responsible organization. Yeah. As long as it's the right shop. Yeah, there might be some shady shops yeah, in some dark side of town or something. But but generally, you know. Yeah. If they have a dealer's license, the uh, the federal government's making sure they maintain their records and, and in keep a way everything that, above yeah. board. Yeah. And it's a pain in the butt sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, dealer sells, that's, that's always a good option. Um, I actually have a hard time selling guns. Like, yeah, same here. I've done. I've sold maybe three guns my entire life. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably around there too. Most of them, like I say, I keep losing them. Yeah, in boating accidents <laughs> throughout the United States. But you know, I don't know. Land of a thousand lakes. Yeah, a thousand guns and a now, thousand. Now lakes. they know that all my guns are in Minnesota. Oh, good luck. They're just gonna have to search every lake. <laughs> um, is it ten? I thought it was. Isn't it ten thousand lakes? I don't know. Now Minnesota's not my. My most favorite place in the world. It's very cold. Yeah. I've never been, but it's, I know it's very cold. I spent two days in, in Minneapolis in a, in a super exciting uh, EPA class or whatever it was. Oh, I bet. Did oh. you stay awake the whole time? It was super exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's an easy way to do it. Um, we kind of went over pawn shops already. Kind of the same deal. Uh, most pawn shops do have FFLs so they can handle yeah. you know, the, the firearms and stuff. But I would say you'd get more from a dealer than you would from a pawn Absolutely. shop. Absolutely. Like we just pointed out earlier, yeah. that they, they tend to lowball mm-hmm. because they usually deal with people that are more desperate. Well, and the other thing about uh, dealers, too, is that you can bring a gun in and say, hey, I'm thinking about selling this. Can you tell me what it's worth? Mm-hmm. We're literally going to check gun broker yeah. and see what it's been selling for and, and, and go from there and as part of a savvy sell do it yourself do your own homework know what yeah know what it's worth going in there and that way you can kind of negotiate a you know a good fair ground for both of you right and there's a chance it it's not guaranteed but there's a chance that you say hey i want to sell this gun to you guys but i also want to buy another gun mm-hmm. they might be able to sweeten the deal a little yeah, bit and say hey you know what i'll buy this gun and I'll give you this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like for here, we tend to give a little bit more for like in-store credit. Right. Um, so it, it's worth it. Yeah. And, and if I, I'm, I'm not really experienced enough with selling to say what that number is generally, but it can no, vary. It, honestly, it. I mean, there's a benchmark with what what we try to. You yeah. Know, a level that we want to feel comfortable about making a profit, and sometimes we cut that. Yeah. Sometimes we really drop it and. And in a way, kind of slice our own throat 
because we want to retain a customer. Right, and have or, somebody come back for or, a longer or term. Or maybe it's a member that you know we, we really value or something like that. Not that we don't value every customer. <laughs> But I think you know what I mean. Like, it, well, they've developed a relationship. Yeah, you know, you know that they're going to come back and and they're going to be, you know, spending money and supporting the shop in yeah. the long run. So, um, but so that's something good if you want to do. But yeah, know the price of what the guns worth mm-hmm. going and go to Gun Broker. You can see completed sales too, or completed you know auctions or whatever. You can do it that way. Um, so you'll know that way. Same thing if you go into a big box store. Mm-hmm. Just know you're not. You're going to get. Sixty percent of what it's what it, you could get for it, maybe. Yeah, and chances are, um, and I don't know if this is fair to say, but those big box store employees may not be as knowledgeable or competent as what a, an actual, you know, sure, gun it's possible. Will be. Yeah, it's possible because most of those those folks that come in and they apply for a job and they start by selling shoes and then they get moved to the sporting goods department. Sure. And they, it just kind of cascades. Well, and the other thing, too, is I think that they have, maybe they check Gunbroker at those big shops, but I think that they have their own internal listings, too, about how much to buy and sell guns for. Sure. You know, and those could be wildly different yeah. than what the real world market price is. Absolutely. So something to be wary of. I mean, if it's your only option, then that makes sense. But, yeah. you know, it just know you're not going to get... Yeah, not going to get your money for it. So, and, and normally, what we say if some people are kind of disappointed at the number that we give them for their yeah. firearm, yeah, um, I'll refer them to we mentioned earlier Z Idaho, yeah, in, in Idaho, which is online sales. I mean, it's kind of like a garage sale online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you used to be able to sell stuff on Facebook, um, and they can do whatever they want. I don't care. Like they decided <laughs> it's a private company. They decided to cancel that option, which, like I said, I, they can do whatever they want. Well, you used to be able to do it on Reddit too. Believe I had no not. idea. Yeah, there was guns for sale on Reddit. That's too bad. And can't, Craigslist was the same way for a while. Yep, can't do that anymore, though. And It's just the world we live in. Yep. But if if you're going to do, like, a Z-Idle, and there's other pages like that, and I'm sure your, each state has a page like that. Sure. Just, again, do your homework. Don't try and gouge somebody. Right, because you're not going to find that, that fool who's going to pay $1,000 for... A Glock 17. Yeah. It's just, you know, in the age of information, it's not going to happen. No. So, But let's talk about consignment for a second, because I know at the beginning you talked about how much you love consignment. Oh, boy. And so, and I have no idea what consignment is. I, I know kind of what it is, yeah. but. So really what consignment is, is if somebody comes in and says, hey, I don't have the time to sell this gun, or I don't want to deal with, you know, maybe getting the gun into the wrong people's hands. For sure. So will you consign this gun for me? And, and we take, I think, Fifteen percent, and each store varies, and that might have changed. It's been a while since I looked at that policy here at the store. Sure, um, which means we take fifteen percent of what the gun sells for. So in consignment, somebody says, "Hey, I have this rifle. <laughs> I want six hundred dollars for it." This, and and we'll ask them, "Okay, what's the most you'll take? What's the least you'll the take? least you'll take?" Sure. So we can kind of do the negotiating for them because we don't want to be calling somebody on the phone hey he, he will just you offered take 550 this. will you take yeah so so we have that information and i'm pretty sure most dealers do that same kind of stuff um that are doing consignments yeah you're just paying the the dealer then a percentage to sell it yeah. for you it sounds like yeah and and you know auto dealerships will do the same thing they'll they'll let you consign a car on their lot some of them will i should say right it's it's like, like i said it's kind of a hassle for a dealer sometimes to deal with it because sometimes the gun the customer wants to sell, he's asking way too much for that what the gun be. is worth. Yeah. And even under counsel, I, I was telling you, excuse me, another one. <laughs> I was telling you off the air that, that I've had customers come in on consignment and they'll <laughs> like hundreds of dollars over what the gun is, <laughs> is really worth. 
or the or the market is flooded on a particular firearm that well this this is what it's worth this is what i paid for it and sometimes what you paid for it it was too much and when you can sign it you're not guaranteed that amount back. Yeah, and that's one that's one point that's actually probably pretty good to bring up is that unless it's a rare gun and you kind of know what you're doing in the mm-hmm. buying and selling of firearms, you're not going to make what you paid for it. No. On your general run-of-the-mill garden variety pistol yeah. or rifle, you're not going to get what you paid for. No, and, and sadly, too, on that same point is um, we've had you know guys come in with their glock well i put a agency trigger and these are trigicon sights and look it's got this i don't care what you did to the gun right the gun is worth this much and yeah you might be able to get a little bit more out of these parts but if you're trying to sell me this gun i can get those parts at cost which is far less than what what you paid for it yeah and and so that is frustrating as a seller because i've pissed a lot of people off with that attitude that's just it's reality. Well, the other thing is that when you modify a gun, you're modifying it to your tastes. Yeah. Just like you're modifying a car or something to your taste. Yeah, there's no guarantee. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody else that has that same taste, but it might take a little bit to actually make it happen. It's very hard to find. And, you know, then it might turn a lot of people off if it's maybe the night states that they don't, they don't like or maybe the stippling job or something they don't like. Or and I've seen some pretty nasty gnarly stippling jobs. Yeah. So you never know. You know, so that's that's the reason that you're not going to get that money of those accessories back, you yeah. know, so. Hi, Mikey. Hello. Like I said, we're recording in the uh, in the gunsmith room, so yeah. got guns coming in and going out. You never know what happens in the gunsmith shop. Never know. So um, you can sell guns online, too. Uh, like we talked about GunBroker, yeah. that's a great place. Yeah, and you can list as a, as a private party on yep. GunBroker, but you have to ship it from a dealer. Because there has to be, um, I guess, a chain of custody is probably the easiest way to say it. And any sort of interstate firearm transactions yeah, have to go through there, a dealer, too. Because there might not be, maybe you don't understand that, well, I can't sell this gun in Ohio or California, where the dealer would be like, no, sorry. Yeah, not going to happen. ship that gun. Right. And, uh, or like Cook County in Illinois or anywhere. Yeah, there are certain places that have restrictions like that, you know. Yeah. So that's good to know. Um, but, yeah, you can go on to Guns America or... Um, yeah, and I gun just, broker. <laughs> I remembered that other. It's Dury's Guns. Did I say that? that no, was, you didn't. That Dury's. was that one website that had all that. Those, yeah, Dury's Guns, and that's a pretty cool website. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff, and that there's cool some to check and out. And there's some other ones that maybe, and I think they do consignments on there too. But be prepared to ship it because I think they're out of Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, but you can't just order a gun from somebody across the country and no, expect them, you know, to just ship it right to your door. It has to go from one dealer to another yeah. dealer. Um, you know, and that does cost money sometimes, yeah. but, um, you know, normally the buyer pays for shipping. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you can list it's, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, you know, free or pretty cheap to list it on gun broker. They take um, a percentage. They take a percentage yeah. just like eBay yeah. basically. Um, but you know, it's convenient. You're then broadcasting your sale to, yeah. you know, people across the country. Well, think maybe. Of, yeah. Think of the impact now that people can see what you're asking, um, or what you're, what you're peddling. Yeah. And I've seen some amazing deals on gun broker. yeah there's some super cool stuff that comes across there so it's cool to check out every once in a while um but there are other websites too like i said like guns america or you might have a local mm-hmm. social media page or something like that that you're able to do that on um you know just kind of casting that wider net to to people to for yeah. people to see so um you know and you can do one locally like you said z idaho is a thing or whatever um you know and that leads to a face-to-face transfer too mm-hmm. um which is there's nothing to be afraid of with a face-to-face transfer you just want to make sure you well and and i would put a caveat to a face-to-face i would find a 
very public place to do it within safety. Like, That's why I said like a police station parking lot or like a man, I, Walmart parking lot. I uh, I kind of oh, I don't know the best way to put it. <laughs> I, I kind of put a customer, a, a lady customer, into place because she sold a gun. Yeah, and had him come to their house. That's that was going to be part of my advice: is do yeah. not go to their house or bring them to your house and to it, sell a firearm. And it arm. should be pretty obvious, like stuff we see in society now, that why that is a bad. It's idea. just common sense. It should be. Yeah. And so, yeah, find even kind of like, well, better not do it inside the store. <laughs> Maybe we could be ding for for uh, unauthorized sales yeah. on the, on a licensed premises, but you can do it in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually a very public place or a place where there's, like, multiple people around. Or even bring a friend or a family member with or something, you know. Um, You know, the good thing about Idaho's legislature with selling firearms, uh, I don't know if it's a national or federal kind of thing, but the onus really is on the buyer, at least in Idaho, where, you know, you, as long as you don't have a reason to believe that the person you're selling the firearm to is a prohibited individual, it's the onus is on them. And if they're buying a firearm as a prohibited person, then they're the ones, like you said, that are going to get a felony and uh, a weapons weapons charge and all that kind of stuff. Um, And and like we said before, if if it doesn't feel right, like if if you get this feeling you get, then don't don't follow through on the transaction. Yeah. And like we said too, make sure that, um, you know, if you really want to double check to make sure, make sure that they have a CCW permit. You can put that in, in a personal yeah. ad too, or yeah, like I would a face to face ad. I would highly recommend if you're thinking about selling a firearm that way, that, that, that is the, the only, um, restriction or whatever you want to say that, something that has to happen is they have to have a, a permit. Yeah, and you can you can write up a bill of sale like you would for a vehicle or anything else, and you can get their information and write down. I did that when I sold an yeah, AR. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I wrote, I had a bill of sale, and I had two copies of it, and I wrote down my name and the guy's name and his CCW license number yeah. and all that. And that way then, in case anything ever does happen, I can say, well, we sold it on this date and blah, 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 and here you go. So Yeah, and it really is a CYA thing anyway. Yeah, it's you cover your own self. So... um yeah, and then, you know, we, I think that's all about the ways to sell it, too. It was a lot shorter. <laughs> a, lot, a lot shorter than sell you Sell it online, sell what's it in... The, what's the best deal you've ever found? The best deal I've ever found. Whether you bought it or not, but is there something you're just like, damn, that's awesome. You know, it's funny. Most of the police trade-ins, if they're nines, are pretty good deals, especially if you just want to get mm-hmm. into something pretty easy. Or um, I got my, my PPS for under $300, and it was brand new. Nice. So that was that pretty is a cool. Deal. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, I think they've they've kind of come down from because they used to be like four or five hundred bucks, yeah. and they've come down now. I think to about three three fifty or whatever. Well, but, that that uh, that frame size is getting pretty saturated. So yeah, yeah, they were one of the first ones though. In the they, they were. Pack, so. Yeah, yeah, they were. And then I think Smith kind of jumped on the wagon after yep, PPS and, and glocked it as well. So, um, but you, and, and just by way of the weeds, yeah. have you seen Springfield's new gun? Uh, no, not yet. The Hellcat? No. It looks incredibly similar to the 365. Really? Oh, I did hear about it, though. Yeah. it. Uh, or it's like a PS365 knockoff, pretty much. Yeah. it. It's an interesting looking gun. I, we'll I, have to see if we have one here. I don't think we do, but it, I think it'd be something I'd buy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Just by way of information. <laughs> I don't know. The more I see that 365, though, the more I kind of want one of those. It's a thir- that Smith's, a, or that Springfield's a 13 plus one. Wow standard that's pretty crazy is yeah. it pretty is it bigger than the 365 looks looks a lot shockingly like similar yeah interesting they had been working on it and honestly that the industry they work on stuff for years before it shows up but 
Yeah, there's a lot of but, design work. But and you stuff. never know. Maybe in the meantime, somebody left Sig and went to work for Springfield and, <laughs> and said, "Hey, guess what they're doing? I could show you something cool." Now we're gonna do this. Um, anyway, sorry, that was just yeah. No, I had a, I had a Smith and Wesson sixty nine oh six that I got for like two fifty. That was pretty cool. It's kind of a clunky gun, though. It is, but they're selling for more. We got that four thousand six out there that's selling for three fifty. Yeah, so they do hold their value. And yeah, Smith makes a good gun. Yeah, and the more you're in the gun like world, like the more you'll see like what you'll know kind of the general ballpark for what's worth what, unless like um, it's like super rare or anything yeah. like that, you know. But um, yeah, it's what about your deals? I have come across some stupid deals in my day. Like I've picked up. Uh, well, I have a Mossberg, yeah, uh, 500 that I picked up. It was a little beat up, and I ended up coating it here, actually. Oh, and, yeah. Is and, it the blue one? Yeah. Put some money into it, and and it's pretty damn good. I think I paid 80 bucks. For really? <laughs> wow. It was just beat up and, and was terrible looking. A lot of surface rust. But sure. If you have the ability to clean it up, why not? Well, there's a good tip, though, too, is that maybe a gun just hasn't been taken care of. Yeah. And that you, if you have the know-how how to clean it up and or maybe an access to Cerakoting or um, can get it Cerakoted for, you know, relatively yeah. cheap, you might be better off buying that. You and know. it might be a good investment, too. I, That's I, true, I, too. I knew some people that do that. I had a chance to buy a uh, Model 700 for dirt cheap. Really? But I didn't jump on it in time. Man. It was... I was just going to buy it for the action because it was kind of beat up. Yeah. But it was long action. It would have been a fantastic That would have been shoot. great. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've seen another deal. We talked about Gun Broker. Um, I've seen a, a Shytac intervention go from that shop in Idaho Falls. Yeah. Extra magazine. I don't think the gun had ever been shot other than factory testing. Really? And it went for um, 8000 Wow. Maybe even less than that. With... 400 rounds that's impressive it was a smoking deal that's a smoking deal I think it was 8 grand and I mean that's a $15,000 gun yeah somebody got lucky with that one yeah so but that's what you get for cruising gun broker you know what I mean you never know what you'll find there so yeah so I think about that covers it I mean we're just about out of Bundaberg now too I got more well I've been enjoying it. I know I got some left, but the, the bottom is where all the you know because the ginger settles back sure, down. Sure, yeah, that's where the best part is. That's that's the treat at the end. <laughs> nice. It's also where the most saliva is too. So. Oh, sure. It's just a cocktail of everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that covers it. Buying, selling, trading. I mean, kind of the same deal. And what are some of the deals you guys have found? Yeah, like, tell us some of your deals. And, and, and I mean, you don't have to tell us. Well, I bought this, 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 and this. But maybe you come across something. Like I said, I had a chance to buy a. a it was an old 22, um, and it was in amazing shape. Old, mm-hmm. old octagon pump action. Wow! And I think that gun probably would have retailed for um, in the thousands. Yeah, it was in really good shape. And the guy just he walked into the gun shop over there, gun store, and uh, they didn't they weren't going to buy it. Really? They didn't want it. They wanted nothing to do with it. Crazy. Because they had one that they'd bought. And that's oh, that why was they, sitting there. But somebody cut the barrel off, and they lost their shorts on it. It wasn't an original gun. Uh-huh. And so they're like, nope, I can't even sell this one. I don't want it. Wow. And I was with a friend of mine. I swear I shared this story before. I was with a friend of mine, and uh, as the guy was walking, I was like, man, Dave, if I had cash, I bet that guy would take 70 bucks for that. He's like, what do you think that gun's worth? Huh? I don't know, four or five thousand bucks. So I got money in my wallet right now. <laughs> like, well, I don't want to spend your money. Yeah, that's crazy. 
but that's the way of the gun world. Yeah. So yeah, let us know some of the deals you got. Uh, email us podcast at iishooting.com or connect with us on Facebook um, at Range Minded Podcast and at Instagram too. Word. It's always a good time. Yeah. So we'll close on that for now. Thanks for listening. And, uh, and, we will... hey, and drink a Bundy and let us know what you think of that. Yeah, too. let us know what you think of a Bundaberg. Give us, a, give us your own review. because available, available at Costco and World Market. I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Now you know why I drink them. Yeah. I, got, I can't drink them every week like you do. And it's not something I can drink all the time. Once yeah. a week is good enough. Once a week is good enough. So we'll close on that for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.